Blog Talk Radio. my minions welcome to the balance it's saturday morning we do this thing called the balance every saturday morning we break down this crazy world of sports i am your captain i am on loan for gone and for the next two hours or so we'll be talking about some of the hot hottest topics in sports starting things off will be fantasy football huddle with nate snyder our fantasy football guru uh, also, uh, we've got Adam Jivet in our college football cohort and, and partner in crime. Going to be breaking down the college games. Well, there's a big one, but unfortunately, I, I, I'm afraid it's going to go in the other direction, and that's Wisconsin and Indiana today. We will we'll, t- we'll touch on that a little bit as well. Uh, Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles at Inside.com, joins us. Uh, in uh, breaking down week nine. Can you believe that you're already in week nine? We're going to talk about how awesome I am in week nine in fantasy uh, <laughs> football here in just a moment. Uh, that is uh, provided that I'm allowed to continue to talk. My voice is not doing what it's supposed to be doing, but hey, uh, we move on. And then Matt Hicks, uh, you know, he's known him for a long time uh, with the WIBC and, and other radio outlets here in Indianapolis. We're going to take some time to reflect on the loss of Bobby Knight. Uh, so as as we know, he passed away this week, and so we're going to talk a little bit about the memories or about Bobby. Knight, but we're also going to be touching on that throughout the entire show. Uh, so uh, you know, we we like to say we like to dedicate shows to things. So uh, today we're certainly dedicating the show to uh, to Bobby Knight, the loss of Bobby Knight. My, my name's Tom Marcusel, Presidente. Stick around; it's about to get good. <laughs> you get is when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mace. Ow, they're my eyes. 
It's called Beauty Sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA Sultan mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. I've seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so I don't, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Lequa Pique, which of course in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish. In the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wondering. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. football huddle joining us now is mr nate snyder who's been on kind of a uh a uh, where in the world is nate snyder but hey we know where he's at now he's right here with us how are you sir <laughs> oh i'm doing well freshly recharged you know needed a little freshly break re- there uh yeah yep, i get it right. you're a new daddy and so you got you got to take some time got to take some time well thank you for joining us we're gonna get into some fantasy football here in just a moment but i know that you are an iu grad as long as, as well as, as i and so certainly you know uh bob knight bobby knight was known throughout the entire college world uh, college uh, basketball world but he was especially known here in indiana i'm in indianapolis uh but i went to school in bloomington i my years are growing up put it that way uh, were filled with memories of Bobby Knight. So uh, maybe if you want to take a moment and reflect on what Bobby Knight was, maybe maybe not even to you personally, but just to you in the history of your life, uh, what are your thoughts? Oh, he was awesome. I think he was just, you know, you know the general, obviously. People, people mm-hmm. compare him. My high school coach is very similar in the way, you know, he's got a big stature. He can be intimidating, but he's a he's a great guy to know him. Um, he doesn't let what people say, you know, affect you. I think Bobby Knight was the same way from what I hear. And, you know, anything with Indiana, if you want to talk about success in sports, Bobby Knight was mentioned. Um, there was a game I was – I broke my leg in my sophomore year, so I was injured, and I was on the sideline. And during kickoff, they like to get everybody amped up, and I was holding a chair up. Just, I don't know why, but I, I just grabbed the chair and was holding the chair up while I jumped up and down. And somebody at Yahoo Sports captured it and said it was a Bobby Knight memorial, which it wasn't at all. I just grabbed a chair, held yeah. it up, and that was the end. But, but just yeah. the fact that they can draw something – you know, to Bobby Knight from that is kind of lets you know how immersed in the IU culture he is. So, yeah, I mean, really, really sad, sad day there. Yeah, absolutely. 
you know, he's obviously known for that chair throwing incident. It was only one time, and it was a brief thing. Now, should it have never happened? Uh, yes, it should have never happened. But that was Bobby Knight. Bobby had a, a an unorthodox, at best, way of coaching, but he got results. And, you know, he still remains probably one of the highest graduation percentages in college basketball. Uh, so, you know, if you didn't study, if you didn't do – the things you had to do academically, well, you weren't going to be on the court with Bobby Knight. And he was, he was very, very strict about that. Uh, so in, in the players knew who they were going to go play for. Uh, and he was one of the greatest recruiters of all time. So they knew what they were getting. And look at the results. I mean, the, if you look at the hierarchy or the lineage of, of just great coaches and players who have came to include the current uh, IU basketball coach. When you think about Steve Alford, you think about Calvert Chaney, you just think about numerous of people who, who, who played or coached under uh, Coach K uh, at Duke. Uh, look at the legend that he is, but his, his legacy is directly uh, tied to uh, Bobby Knight. So uh, Bobby Knight, he'll be missed, but yeah, like you said, he, he was known as a general and, uh, you know, won three uh, national uh, titles at IU and you know, it's unfortunate uh, the history that I how the history with IU ended, but it was really cool a few years ago that he he's like, yeah, you know, I need to go back to IU and it's the IU Purdue game, and that was cool, dude. Did you get a chance to? Oh, did you yeah. get a chance to that that game? Sorry, a little bit. What'd you say? I said, did you get a chance to be there or catch that game when Bobby Knight came back? I did not. No, I, I can only imagine that place was just. Berserk it had to have been such a cool moment. I, I wasn't there. Um, I'd seen him one or two times in Bloomington around, um, you know, uh-huh. with his family, but which I thought was really cool. Obviously, I didn't go up and talk to him or anything, but uh, <laughs> I just thought it was cool seeing him immersed in it, you know, down because I love going down to IU just for any reason oh, yeah. at all. So, oh, yeah, you know, seeing him down there I was, was even better. Yeah, I was just down there for, um, I was just down there for homecoming. I wish the outcome would have been a little bit different, but yeah, I love going in and, and this time of year too. Who doesn't, who doesn't love going to, uh, to IU? Let's go into some fantasy football. Uh, I played you just uh, two weeks ago, and you know, I I thought you know this is gonna this is gonna be my loss. This is gonna be this is when it, this is when it happens. It didn't happen to you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'll tell you what, I have the most points scored in our league and the most points scored against, so I'm getting everybody's best week after week. It is brutal. Over 1,000 points scored against me so far. So you're uh, – give me your team name again. Uh, LVM hashtag Blitz. That's what – that's right. So you're playing – you're playing um, Kevin this week, I think. Yep. Uh Good old Jen. <laughs> no, I I'm playing Jacob. Jacob this I was going to say, that's Jacob. Yeah, because I, I thought I was playing Kevin. Oh, well, I digress. I digress. Um, so talk with me a little bit about your strategy each and every week. Like, like you said, you we've we've had some ups and downs uh, with our with our teams, and that's that's what week nine is all about. Uh, you know, I'm six and two, uh, so. Uh, <laughs> Hey, did you hear me yeah, say rub that? it in. I'm I'm six and two. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but so let's, let's talk a little bit about your happy to be. Talk a little bit about your 
Sunday morning or I, you know, honestly, I wait till Sunday morning, let the dust clear of everything, make, make sure I have my injury lineup checks. I mean, I do the obvious moves if they're on a buy, but you go into uh, Sunday, Saturday, whatever day that you do, you say, okay, this is when I'm going to look at my, my fantasy football league and I'm going to get myself set up for the weekend. What's your process? Yeah, I, I just, throughout the week, I check on my players, kind of read their news stories. That's why I love that ESPN app there. It, you know, links those news articles there um, mm-hmm. in the bottom. So uh-huh. I like to go, go down, click on those, and kind of see what they're saying about them. If they're questionable, see why, kind of see what I think, um, how they're going to end up. And then, you know, early on in the week, try to make some trades. And then as I get closer to game day, I just kind of check on my roster. Um you know, look at their projected and click in to see why. If something's a little lower or a little higher than what I think it should be, I'll, you know, read up on that player a little bit. But basically at this point, I'm just trying to put a full roster out there without somebody being injured or having to buy, which has been a challenge in itself. Well, you know, that's what I do a lot. I work the waiver wire a lot uh, during the week. And I, I don't typically – a lot of times I'll pick people up and don't even play them. I just stick them on my bench. We're in the event of a of a buy or the event of a of, a, of an injury, um, so it, it, you you luck out pretty good. And sometimes we were talking about we were talking about sleepers. One of the biggest sleepers, I, and I managed to get him. And this isn't a toot your own horn. I'm just saying some sometimes if you go out there and get somebody where it doesn't really make sense to get them, but then it does clearly make sense. Is Josh Downs with the Colts? So believe me, I I I'm, I'm, I love the Colts, but as far as fantasy football goes. I was definitely anti-Colts. Just stay away from Jonathan Taylor, stay away from Anthony Richardson, stay away from the whole the whole group. Uh, but then I picked up Josh Downs, and I thought, well, I'll just keep him on my bench. And then I realized he's a very, very clear target for Gardner Minshew, who loves to throw the ball. Uh, any? Have you picked up any what you would call sleepers that you're like, see, that's that's when I you're like, okay, yeah, now he's, he's I picked him up for this. Do you have any guys like that? Well, I tried to be slick this week and pick up Will Levis. Um, thought maybe, you know, he's going to start. And could, we could find a new Peyton Manning here and, and Will Levis with his first start, but, you know, that didn't pan out very well for me. Luckily, I had him on my bench. So, um, you know, he had 8.68 points this week. But I thought, man, he could be a sleeper because he comes out. I didn't think anybody would really think to do that. So I picked him up, um, you know, this week on waivers. And he's sitting on my bench. He's a backup quarterback for me. So if he's going to play the rest of the year, not really a bad move there. Um, And then who else did I pick up on waivers? I believe I got Tank Dell real early on. He's he's done really well this year. Um, Not a lot of people have him. I'm looking. He's 55% roster, it says. But, you know, he's averaging 12 or more points a week for me here. And, you know, I was hurting that receiver. I have uh, T. Higgins, who I drafted early. I thought he was going to do really well this year. He's averaging single digit. So I needed to kind of fill that gap. Um, so I picked up a couple of receivers trying to find a sleeper there. I've, I've said, I'm a firm believer in, in sleepers that, you know, they are the – they can be the – or, or or break of your team. A lot of times yeah, we – we don't do so well on sleepers as, as we had originally thought that we would. But I've always said that uh, sleepers uh, are, are there. Let's kind of go through what our lineup is, and then, and then we'll go uh, through some start, stardom and setups and, and uh, see what, what we come up with. Let's go ahead and start with you this week as far as um, your team yourself. Let's go ahead and, and who are you starting at quarterback and who you and, and who's your matchup. 
And who's my what? Who's your matchup quarterback? Uh, I got uh, Josh Allen. Yeah, Josh Allen, of course. Um, he matched up with Patrick Mahomes this week, so that's that's going to be a good one for sure. Well, I still got Tua in my lineup. I traded off to uh, John Tripp, Trevor Lawrence, and uh, that's oh, the yeah. only person. The only person I let go of was for Trevor Lawrence. I needed some running back for my depth. So right now I'm at one quarterback. I plan to go in this after this week and, and find me a backup quarterback. But uh, uh, right now Tua is doing exactly what Tua does, and that's win games for the Dolphins. Matched up against uh, Sam Howell with Washington. Not too overly concerned about that particular matchup. Uh, who you got in your running back slot, in flex slot? I have uh, Kenneth Walker and Kareem Hunt, and we're matched up against B. John Robinson and Tony Pollard. Cool. I have Joe Mixon and Romano Stevenson <laughs> with New England. His name is as, as long as his jersey, as they say. Uh, but, uh, and then we're going up against Aaron Jones and Jerome Ford. Uh, wide, wide receiver, uh, who, who are you playing in your active roster uh, in wide receiver spot today, this week? Good old Michael Pittman Jr., fun to watch there. He was talking about times last week. Oh, yeah. And then Nico Collins from the Texans matched up against George Pickens, who had a wonderful 1.9 points there for my competition. Uh, and then Adam Finland, who's historically very good. So... Um, as I, as I mentioned, I picked up Josh Downs, so I've got him playing on my active roster. And in my my uh, trade with Trip, I picked up Tyler Rocket, uh, Rocket Lockett uh, from Seattle, wide receiver from Seattle. And the whole th- the thing about it is, last week I was like watching him just light it up. I'm like, yeah. So we'll see. We'll see if he continues to dominate like he did last week. But yeah, uh, Trip uh, texted me goes, uh, I'm going to need to rescind on that. I said, there is no rescinding now. I think you sent it to me. <laughs> I accepted awesome. it. So that was, yeah, there's a that reason was you accepted it. Yeah. And, uh, and then uh, Devontae Ad- up against Devontae Adams and Garrett Wilson. Um, tight ends. Who got on tight ends? Trey McBride uh, from the Cardinals. And I picked him up. Either this week or last week, I had a I had a buy side of fill a tight end spot there, and then going against uh, Jake Ferguson from the Cowboys. Now, what I and I think I've told you this before, but what I do with my defenses and kickers, it's nothing for me to uh, drop them on Sunday morning an hour before the game and pick up another defense, right, and, and or kicker depending on what's going on out there. So it's it's very common occurrence for me to drop. Uh, a, a defense that week to week. So right now at the current slot in my defense, I have the Giants and uh, Kevin has uh, the uh, Ravens. What do you, what's your defense look like? I have the Bills, uh, my defense, and then I'm going against the Seahawks defense. And then going down to kicker, and then we'll get over to some of these other uh, uh, slots here, but. Um, I've got Jason Sanders. He's managed to stay on the team for three weeks now, kicking for Miami. And and so, so as Tua does well, Jason Sanders does well. 
so uh, we'll, we'll see how long he stays on. But for the moment, he's my kicker in a matchup against Jake Elliott uh, with the Eagles. Uh, and, and, of course, they're at Dallas. This is gonna, that's going to be a good matchup this week as well. Uh, and Miami's at Kansas City. So we'll see how, how that plays out. And that's, uh, that's over there in, in Germany, Frankfurt, Germany, two weeks in a row of, 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 of football in Germany. So I am almost say say undone with the overseas. It's, it was a novelty when, you know, you did once uh, once a year. It was like was always Jacksonville. Now we're up to what four games in Europe, uh, and, and they're oh, even talking cool. about. Yeah, they're even talking about. Hey, let's give them a Super Bowl. I mean, let's let's slow it down, people. Yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Don't be giving yeah, away our Super Bowl. Giving away our Super Bowl. That's right. That's another argument for another day. So let's just go ahead and, and go through some what I call like just stardom and settings and uh, we'll see what see what our how we agree or disagree with. Let's let's talk a little bit about some of the what I call rookie stashes. And that these are these are rookies who have not quite yet proven themselves, but they are doing well uh, in the uh, fantasy waiver wire and doing okay. Uh, Demario Douglas uh, has a 26% target per route uh, lap run rate uh, for the season with Kendrick Bourne. Um, what are your What are your thoughts on uh, Demario Douglas? He's tricky. He's like a lot of people I've picked up. He, uh, you know, he's trending in the right direction with his targets. Uh, he seemed to be going about two, three targets a week there for a while. And now, you know, six, seven, eight, nine going up the scale, it looks like here. Um, so kind of depends. If you need some depth, I think he's a good start for you. But if you have some, you know, tried and true touchdown scores, you know, eight plus targets a game, then that's setting. Oh, I thought you were going to say something else. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, oh, no no problem. I lost my place, dude. You made me lose my place while I was sitting there listening to you. I got it. I, I'm back. I'm back. I have, too many, I have too many tabs up. I do the same thing at work, dude. I have way too many tabs. Right. Jo- tabs are Jonathan good, yeah. Mingo. Maybe a Mingo ate your baby. I had to work that in there somehow. I know this thing is Dingo. You ever see the Seinfeld episode where Lane goes, Maybe a dingo ate your baby. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen that, no. You've never seen Seinfeld? Dang. I've seen episodes, but no, I've never been a tried and true Seinfeld guy. Nah, that's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll let you pass on that. But Jonathan Mingo, uh, he, he's he's on 18% of the rosters. And if you tell me someone this week's stash column was, was going to be featured on, on a, a fantasy football uh, Hello, that's where I find the jewel of that, I guess is what I'm saying. But what are your thoughts about Jonathan Mingo? Uh, I think that he's a good solid. If he's on the waiver, at least put him on your bench. Yeah, he's solid. Uh, you look at games he's played, he's missed, he's missed, he missed the game and just had it, got off a bye. So you're safe there on buys. You know, you're not going to you're not gonna grab him and then hit him have a bye when you need him. So. You know, he's scoring. I think he's good for 10 points. If you grab him, you need 10 points. I, yeah, definitely. He's he's somebody I would start. Well, most definitely. And, and that's what I, a lot of people are like, well, rookies are, 
you just don't know what's going to happen. And, and that is that is very, very true. But at the same time, if they're doing well, you know, go out there. Because like I said, uh, he's he's only on 18% of the of, of the uh, of the rosters out there. So here's the other thing that I don't always put a lot of stock in, and that is the uh, what ESPN spend is. Well, this isn't a good fantasy option for you this week, and you get caught up in that. But man, I hope, I hope I'm going to play. That's just a scope. That's just a look. Many times, I can't tell you how many times I've just ignored that and went on and had a great uh, game with that particular player. Do you, do you put a lot of stock on that spin that ESPN says? No, I don't. I just I look, I look at statistics. I look at you know if it's an offensive player, what's their defense look like? They're going against um, historically how is someone in that position done this year against them? Um, no, I don't really look into all that. People always have their opinions. Well, let's uh, go ahead and go around the league here, and let's do some startup and setups where we got here just a few minutes here. Uh, let's talk about the the Chiefs and the Dolphins in Germany. We just talked about that. I say start Romain Mozart and Isaiah Pochichu. Pochichu. Is that right? Pachiku? Isaiah, you know, your guess is as good as mine. I'm the same way when I try to say his name. The running back. So uh, that's who I, would, who, who I would start in that particular game with that particular organization. What, what are your thoughts on who you would start with that game? Oh, and by the way, yeah, Taylor Swift I won't be there. Will not be there? <laughs> no. Oh, then not, yeah. I can't start with Kelsey then. Definitely yeah, can't Taylor, Kelsey. Yeah, yeah. Taylor Swift is um, – uh, officially been ruled inactive for the Kansas City game. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I agree. With you. I think it's going to be an offensive battle. I think that I think that game is going to be an offensive battle. Uh, truthfully, um, so yeah, if you got on either side, if you got players on either side on your team, I would start them. But I, in all honesty, um, I'll probably miss that game. I don't do the nine thirty games too well. <laughs> I'm a Stay up late Saturday night and sleep in on Sunday because I don't have to get up and do anything on on Sunday, uh, kind of guy. So I'll probably end up missing or at least the first part of the uh, of the Germany game. Although I will make a change for that, uh, and, and you'll have to join us. We're we're thinking about going downtown to the Ratsko for the watch party for the for the Colts. So that's something you can do. Ooh, that'd be fun. About it. Yeah, about can it. you imagine though if if you're if you're a you know, you live in Miami or Kansas City, and this game's going overseas. I would, you would be so upset because you, this is going to be such a good game. I, I'm the, this is probably the game I'm most excited for this weekend. Oh, this one or or the the Colts game in Germany? Uh, this game right here. Oh, okay, gotcha. Uh, Miami well, Kansas City game. Let's move on over to the Vikings are are at the Falcons. I would set uh, I would set Alexander Madison here. And start Kyle Pitts. Definitely start Kyle Pitts tight end with the Falcons. He's going to score you some points. Thoughts? I agree. Yeah, Pitt, Pitts is, you know, he's another one of those household names. If you got a household name on your team, start him. Or a not so house, or a name that you you uh, you can't pronounce. <laughs> right. <laughs> the names you can't pronounce are always going to be your best players. 
We got Seahawks yep. at the Baltimore Ravens. I would set Tyler Lockett in this particular matchup. Go ahead and start Gus Edwards running back uh, for the Ravens. He is a beast and certainly uh, right right alongside Lamar Chase. That's one of the things that makes the Ravens a, a lethal weapon is Gus Edwards. Thoughts on that? Yeah, uh, you know, totally. You just got to look at the defense in this situation, see kind of how that defense is performing. Are they, are, what, what's their weakness? Are they more pass or run base? They put eight in the box. So I'm, I'm right there with you. I agree. Cardinals are at the Browns. Start Amari Cooper, a wide receiver for Cleveland, and we saw what kind of damage he could do when he was here in Indianapolis. Amari Cooper, start him. Uh, what are your, your thoughts on him? Uh, yeah, I like him. He, you know, he's good. The Browns are, you know, they're four and three, but they're a dangerous team. Um, they can beat anybody. So, you know, I definitely start him. Um, yeah, he's he'd be one of my best options if I had him on my team. Last game for this week's fantasy football huddle: Nate Snyder, Los Angeles Rams at Green Bay Packers. Uh, start Daryl Henderson Jr. in this one. Set Christian Watson. Running back Daryl uh, Henderson Jr. with the Rams have really proven to me that he has earned a spot as a fantasy starter. Thoughts? Yep, same thing. If they're going to him, you know, you got to start him, which you're starting to do more. Uh, oh, yeah, 100%, definitely. Got a big weekend plan, do you, with the fam? You going to do anything uh, fun? or? We're figuring that out. Um I don't know. We were talking about doing some stuff last night, but we that's when I, I get off the uh, podcast here. We're going to go up and see what we want to do today. So something, nice. something. Don't know what. Do, do, do something. Tonight, uh, we're going to the Pacer game, and uh, we can Ooh. sit in the, the, the suite of our shared employee, employer uh, that we work together. So keeping their name out of it. But, yeah, going to the Pacer game. Yeah. Sitting in our employer's that's nice suite tonight. Oh, that'll be fun. About time they put you in the suite. Jeez. I tell you, I, I lucked into it. I really did luck into it. I put on the the uh, our channel there, hey, I'm looking to buy some Pacer tickets because a lot of times people have tickets that they're not, you know, Colts game, Pacer game. I never got any anything from it. And then so the other night, I was just like, let's just buy them. So I bought tickets. And then the next day, I get a slack and they're like, hey, we got some room in the suite. Would you like to have that? I'm like, uh, yeah. She's just sent it <laughs> over to me. So That's awesome. I was like, so, uh, you know, Ryan, my boss, our, our favorite thing, he goes, now, you know, whatever we do, and there's alcohol involved. He goes, it's a work function. Don't be a dumbass. <laughs> it went from, <laughs> it went from, a, from not a non-work event to a work event. Uh, have fun, but don't be a dumbass. That's, that's yeah, be sure to send me pictures. That's I've heard it's really fun. So. I will. Oh, yeah. I've, heard about, cool. I've heard the same thing. I've heard a lot of people talk about it. Of course, the AEs, they do a lot with them a lot. But anyway, it's going to be fun. I know there's going to be some customers there, so I won't be dancing on the table and taking my shirts off. Best but, behavior. <laughs> Best behavior. All right, my friend. Uh, we we got to get into some college football talk. Uh, do you, 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 you're more than welcome to stay on, but I know I, I had you till nine thirty. But you, you want to, you got to go. Or you want to stay on? Yeah, I'll run. I'll figure out what we're gonna do today. But I really appreciate. Okay. it. I do love college football. So yeah, next time I'll, I'll stay on. I, I love college football. That's that's I love. That's Sounds good. What I like to watch. Sounds good. All right, buddy. We'll talk with you soon. 
Awesome. Appreciate it. Nate Snyder, our fantasy, helping us jump in on our fantasy football huddle. Uh, him and I are colleagues, and uh, so uh, it, it's fun. And he's been also in our work fantasy league. Uh, and, but the guy coming up next, Adam Jividen, super Browns fan, super Cavaliers fan, super duper Guardians fan, all around great guy. Our college football partner is also in another fantasy league of mine. So and so and he's had a tendency to dominate. But newsflash, I am undefeated in our current in our current stash, if you will. My name is Tom Mark Michelle Presidente. We'll be right back with college football talk right here on the Balance Radio Network. In my stones, let it rain. I hide your plane in the bank, coming down like the Dow Jones. When the clouds come, we go. We Rockefellers, we fly higher than weather, and keep out are better. You know me, in anticipation for precipitation, stack chips with a rainy day. Jay, rain man is back with little Miss Sunshine. Rihanna, where you at? You have my heart, and we'll never. Okay, okay. I can't believe it. I've been playing four on four with a barbershop quartet. Nah, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico. Yeah. Believe it, Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mace. No, they're one of my eyes. We're moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. Seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so, um, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Lekwa Pique, which, of course, in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish. In the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes. But it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. Big Ten coaches met on a call Wednesday with Commissioner Tony Petiti. 
Today, athletic directors stepped up. They are pushing for the Big Ten to suspend Jim Harbaugh for one or two games under the conference's sportsmanship policy regarding the sign-stealing investigation. This according to reports from Yahoo and ESPN. Michigan could appeal or even threaten legal action if a suspension comes before the investigation concludes. It was Michigan State Athletic Director Alan Haller who reportedly made the strongest push. He said he was worried for the safety of MSU players once he received the call from the Big Ten the Wednesday of the rivalry week. Haller also said the conference was hypocritical for making MSU suspend players last year during an investigation into the Michigan Stadium Tunnel, but that the conference is waiting for the investigation to play out in this instance. Purdue head coach Ryan Walters spoke out publicly against U of M on his radio show. It's unfortunate, um, and, and what's crazy is this, there aren't allegations. Like, it, it happened, you know yeah. what I mean? And, and, you know, there's video evidence, there's um, ticket purchases and sales that you can track back, and, you know, we know for a fact that they were at a number of our games. Um, and so, you know, we've had to teach our guys a new language in terms of um, some signals. So it is, it is what it is, but uh, we're excited to go play, and I think it will make for a great story. Only adding to it. All right, and welcome back to The Balance. Thanks, Nate Snyder, for helping us break down our fantasy football huddle. Uh, joining us now, Adam Jividen, our college football cohort, uh, cohort work, and co-pilot, I should say, partner in crime. How are you, Adam? How, how's it going, sir? I'm doing good, Tom. How are you, man? Hey, man, never better. So uh, I, I got to know, and I, have, I, I should follow it more with all of my leagues that I'm in, uh, but uh, how are you doing in our, our league? I, I could look oh, it's te- terrible. I, I had so many guys that got hurt like week one. I was like, well, it's going to be one of those kind of years. <laughs> well, this is the first time ever doing this league, in this particular league, that I've gone 8-0. There you go. There you go. I'm out there sign stealing, buddy. <laughs> I mean, if that's so, what yeah. it takes to get it done – Apparently, you know, you can have that in, in common with – now, they're no longer that team up north. They're those cheaters up north. Um, and then I've even seen some Ohio State posters call them the, the cheating up north team because that is a really inappropriate acronym. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> well, yeah, you know, obviously uh, – it, it is what it is. You know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I, from what I've heard, I don't expect Jim Harbaugh to be the head coach of Michigan past this Saturday. Which, you know, we, we want to, I want, I do want to get into that. It's an, an absolute valid point. Um, I heard, and I think I shared with you as well, that they had rescinded his contract. That's never good. Um, now, I, I wonder about the legalities of that. If they rescinded his contract, are they still obligated to pay him? Uh, this would be a situation where he would be fired with cause or would resign and get a – so one of two things is going to happen. They're either going to fire him with cause, which would be the most, I mean, obvious firing with cause ever because they're probably also going to get absolutely hammered by the NCAA in the offseason. Um, but, uh, I, I anticipate he'll get fired with cause or he'll resign and receive some of his buyout quietly. Well, what I wonder about, and I haven't seen all the videotape evidence and all that. I hear that it's out there. 
I'm sure the Big Ten is doing their investigations. I haven't seen the results of those official results of those official investigations, but I would think, and this is just me, I because I don't know, but I would think that if you're going to fire someone with cause, you've got to have that cause. And oh, I don't know that they the have amount of video yet. evidence. No, they do. The amount of video evidence is is pretty damning. Like, there's no uh, Tom. You have there is now over thirty reported teams that had found Connor Stallion's tickets. There is video evidence of him doing recording on the sideline um, from those stands. There's video of him being in this on the sidelines at a Central Michigan Michigan State game. Um, and then there's video evidence of him holding signs, illustrated signs, that depict what the hand signals are going to be from the opposing teams. Um, hmm. there's, there, there's a mountain, a mountain of evidence that so, anybody that says there isn't is frankly not actually paying attention and just listening to maybe some media pundits that for probably financial reasons are kind of burying their head in the sand. But the, the, the evidence is, and then, and then on top of that, Harbaugh goes immediately, as soon as that broke last week or two weeks ago, the first thing he says is I've never heard of the guy. And then what does Yahoo do to basically prove that Jim Harbaugh is a liar? They mm-hmm. immediately post over 40 pictures of Harbaugh talking to him on the sidelines. So that's, that I mean it's I it's, saw that I did see that I well, I don't know maybe. I don't know how you can can say there's not a mountain of evidence I mean it's it's there's more evidence that for this than I mean golly any investigation I can think of recently down to down to um they found recent like the other day it was just unearthed the uh, expense reports for the purchases of the tickets and mileage and air travel signed off on by Jim Harbaugh. Oh, I thought you were going to say something else. That's twice today that I did that. I, I, I thought that I, that you guys, I did that with Nate a while ago. Uh, no, I, I totally, I don't disagree with you at all. Now, now, the next thing you might ask, okay, where does Jim Harbaugh end up at? And, and when you and I talk via text, uh, you know, here, here's the thing. This might be his gateway into the NFL. Now, or you, you and I talked about this week, but not so fast, because According to what the Rapaport report said last week, that the NFL is not going to just let him stroll in, because they kind of dealt with this same thing with Bill Belichick in Spygate, uh, very very similar. But you got to ask, and, and and maybe I'm just naive in the world. This can, Jim Harbaugh and Michigan can't be the only team doing it. I would say pretty much all successful programs do something similar to that. Maybe not as obvious as what's happening with, but do no, something. I, I, so, so I think I think here's what is known. You can have someone on your sideline trying to figure out the signal of the opposing team during the game. But to send somebody in advance mm-hmm. who's recording the sidelines multiple times, they, they said he was documented over eight Ohio State games. Like, Tom, we're talking about a dude that prior to – prior to – 2021, which is when this supposedly started, he had a barely over 500 record when it came to big games to now they're dominating. 
dominating team. Uh, I would say this is this goes far beyond what other programs are doing. When you have when you have NCAA administrators and longtime people that are like this is another level. This isn't just and even former coaches who don't have any. Um, they don't have like an axe to grind or they don't have an agenda. Like I've heard like, like guys like Rick Neuheisel, remember Rick Neuheisel, former Washington coach. Um, he's now is a works with CBS and he was like, I am as like, he is, he does a lot of coaches clinics. Um, I don't want to say urban Meyer because you could say, well, he's biased towards Ohio state or, or whatever. But I mean, I've heard dozens of coaches that are like, this goes so far beyond anything we've ever heard of. To just use the argument of, well, everybody does it, is frankly just lazy. Yeah. So, you know, we'll see what happens with Jim Harbaugh. Obviously, that's a topic of discussion. We want to make sure we get to some of these games. But uh, do you think the NFL lets him in? I think they do. I mean, I think um, I think a lot of it depends. A, a lot's going to depend on two things, Tom. When does the NCAA – publish their findings. Yeah, that's okay, exactly what I mean what by I that. Talking about earlier. What I mean right. by that is is if let's just say there's there's really only two candidates that I could even remotely see hiring him. One is Maybe the Raiders first. because Mark Davis is <laughs> going to be desperate. You know what? And there you the, go. The, the Raiders are there. You're right. You're right. And the other is the Bears. And I think the Bears, even though Kevin Warren their president is the former Big 10 commissioner, um, I could see the Bears doing it because, again, Harbaugh was a former quarterback there. Uh, they can try to spin it as he's one of our own. And if they can get that deal done prior to the NCAA dropping the lack of institutional control bomb and a show clause. So a show clause is essentially an indefinite suspension for X amount of years for any position within college football. If they mm-hmm. drop a show cause on him before he's hired, then I would say the NFL will block any path of him going to the going to the league. If he's hired before the NCAA does that, I think the NFL would have a hard time um doing any sort of a significant like they could maybe slap like a couple game suspension on him for like the whole like you made the league look bad kind of thing. But that's that's it. Now uh again, those are kind of the only two places that I even think would even entertain the idea of what the circus that Jim Harbaugh would bring. Um well but you mentioned that, the that those are those yeah. are the two those are the two landing spots that make the most you mentioned sense. the you mentioned the Raiders. I mean let's let, let's look at this. Josh McDaniels uh 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 Fart. Uh who's the other guy they fired before Josh McDaniels? John Gruden. John Gruden. So I'm sorry, why that name doesn't just roll off my tongue. So look at that. That's the perfect uh, three stooges. Uh Jim Harbaugh, Josh McDaniels, and John Gruden. That's the perfect fit for the Raiders. We got it. We got to figure it figured out. Let's move on. Let's move on. The Ohio State Buckeyes are on the road against the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. And, uh, you know, there's I don't know if there's a lot to analyze and break down with this game. 
but I, I can tell you, I was disappointed with how Indiana played Rutgers, and I, I don't see this to be anything, anything that's a lot to talk about. I mean, Rutgers has been the doormat of the Big Ten for a long time, but you can't ignore that they're six and two. Uh, but you guys are eight. No, I, I don't expect for one minute that Ohio State's going to lose to Rutgers. The, the spread is 18 and a half. I think they'll easily cover that. But what are your thoughts about this matchup, Ohio State and Rutgers? I would like to point out, Tom, you left something out from the whole 8-0. They are 8-0 and and the number one ranked team in the country, baby. So all yeah. the Buckeye haters right. can just suck on them <laughs> eggs. Um, no, I think this is this game. Honestly, Tom, that's right. Honestly, this game is going to play out kind of similar to what Wisconsin did. Hopefully we just won't see Kyle McCord make a boneheaded interception in the, in the, in the red zone. Um, Rutgers threw for like 30 yards last week. Uh, they are completely one-dimensional, and and this Ohio State defense is the best defense that we have had in Columbus since the 2002 National Championship team, which if, for those of you that, that don't remember, that's the team that beat the undefeated Miami Hurricanes team and kind of broke Miami uh, because that team was unstoppable, and then they ran into that Ohio State defense that was just, filthy um and, and that's kind of what i expect from this game um we want to see the the running game continue to stay moving in the right trajectory um we, we've seen that since really the purdue game um penn state was a little bit of tough sledding but a lot of that was just due to injuries um we didn't have <laughs> any ready <laughs> healthy running backs um but Trayvon henderson came back last week he looked great against wisconsin um Again, uh, and Emeka Igbuka, the, the, our number two receiver, who would be the number one receiver for everyone else in the country that doesn't have Marvin Harrison on its roster, um, is uh, coming back healthy, um, which, is, which is a huge lift for, for the offense. Um, and so I, I think you're going to see – I think we'll see a scenario of similar. I'm going to say Ohio State wins. We'll say 41 to mm, – do we keep them out of the end zone? No, I, I, I don't think – I think they'll maybe get a late score. Well, I'll say 41 to 10. I was debating between 41 to 6 or 41 to 10. Uh, well, you know which way they're going to cover that 18 and a half. So I'm, I'm, I'm safe on that yeah. bet. Let's go to, to uh, the against the spread. I'm going to start going through these games here. We're going to give you the spread and the breakdown. I'm going to tell you what my pick is. You tell me what your pick is. and. And we'll see if we meet somewhere in the middle. We almost never agree, but we'll see how, how we, we – we, I won't say never agree. We agree from time to time. Uh, but let's look at the Kansas State Wildcats, number 23. They're on the road. They're 6-2 and two against not, uh, number 7, the Texas Longhorns, 7-1. Uh, the spread's 5.5. I picked them to, to win against the spread. Uh, so which when I, when I say that, I, I basically am saying that if you pick the Texas Longhorns, they must either win by win or lose. I, I'm sorry. They must win by at least six points. If you pick the uh, Wildcats, they have to uh, win, tie, or lose by no more than five points. But the spread is five and a half. I think the Texas Longhorns can do that today. But I am going to actually take Texas to cover. 
I was thinking about this. This is the – I mean, Kansas State, like, this is the game that they seemingly win every year. It's like whoever's leading the conference midway through October, November, and they're, like, cruising along and they're going, all right, is this team going to make the playoffs? They play Kansas State, and then Kansas State rushes for, like, 350 yards <laughs> and holds them to, like, 16 points. Uh, and then and then they win the game, and then that's like the, the kind of the banner statement game. They can't, they do it almost every year. I don't feel like that happens this time though. I think Texas is pretty dialed in. Um, with the Oklahoma loss last week, uh, Texas is staring down a we can make the playoff if we run the table, and I think you're gonna see them really dial in for this game. The loss against Oklahoma and Red River gives them no margin for error. But I think they're looking at this as there's as there's a potential for them to get in if they run the table the rest of the way. You would have seemingly the Big Ten champ, which at this juncture, I mean, looks like Ohio State, especially if Harbaugh gets fired. I think it's kind of going to be a foregone conclusion. Um, the winner of the SEC, which – no one really knows how good Georgia is this year because they haven't played anybody. Um, we'll probably get to their game, I imagine, later. And then I think you're looking at the winner of the Pac-12. And then if Texas can finish with just one loss, I think they would get in over any other one-loss non-conference champion. Or, or non-conference, yeah, non – another non-champion from a different conference, i.e., a Michigan or the loser of the Pac-12 or an Alabama if Georgia got in scenario. So Texas has the playoff right there in front of them, um, but they got, they got to run the table. I mean, that, and so a win today at Kansas State, I think it's not only imperative, but they also have to maybe look a little good doing it. So I expect Texas to cover. And, you know, we, we'll save this for another day, but the, the thought that you might think uh, with Michigan, if they fire Jim Harbaugh, what's that going to play in their – are they going to take wins away from them? Or is that going to reflect in them? Because right now, if I you think, look at it, Michigan's a, a clear crown for the for the Final Four in the championship, uh, national championship. I, I, think, so. I, think, I think if Michigan – I don't think anything's going to happen for me them losing or vacating wins this this year, I don't think that's going to happen yet. That's going to that's going to be a part of the NCAA bombshell that's going to happen. Yeah. Later. Um, okay. But get... I think the immediate thing is going to be Harbaugh with some sort of indefinite suspension. Okay. Well, let's just move on now. This this one is uh, uh, with my team at work. This is one we've been talking about all week. My my manager and a teammate colleague is a. Mizzou grad and is a big Missouri uh, Tigers fan. He's actually going to the game, I believe. He's going to. I could be wrong about that. But uh, they're on the road against Georgia. This is going to be an SEC good as bad as you, buddy. Matchup, and I think you know it's going to be difficult for Missouri. You can talk about a huge win if Missouri is able to pull this a win off against Georgia today on the home, that'd be crazy. But I do think that they're good enough to cover the spread at 16 and a half. So on my my money is with the Tigers covering the spread at, at 16 and a half. 
which basically means that uh, the Missouri Tigers, they either have to win, tie, or lose by no more than 16 points. Do you disagree or agree with my prognosis there, sir? Um, I, th- I think Missouri is going to cover. Uh, Missouri's offense is really good this year, really good. Um, and I don't think Georgia's is at all. Like, they're not beating – they, they beat Florida last week, like, well, but Florida sucks. Um, it, ugh, they're a mess. Uh, I, I, I think Missouri can cover. And, I mean, I feel like Georgia – is ripe for an upset. This 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 feels very similar I don't to. Disagree with that. This feels very similar to upset. Remember some of those like Alabama Ole Miss games like a few years ago where you're like, uh-huh. man, Alabama's been playing with fire. Like they've had all these close <laughs> games, and then you're like, just wait until they like turn it on. And then you look <laughs> in the fourth quarter, and it's like a three point game. Like that could be this game. And especially when you figure that Brock Bowers is still hurt for Georgia, I look at Georgia's offense and I go, if Missouri starts putting up points, who is going to step up for Georgia and put the ball in the end zone? And I don't have an answer for that. So for that reason, I am putting Georgia firmly on upset alert this morning. All right, real quickly, I'm just going to go and give you the, the game and the spread and you tell me, uh, and then I'll tell you if I if I went with you or not went with you. But let's just go through these uh, rapid fire. Penn State at Maryland. The spread is ten and a half. Uh, Penn State covers. Maryland's kind of in a free fall. We're there. I think we agree on that one. Oklahoma Sooners at Oklahoma State Cowboys. The spread is six and a half. And and uh, Oklahoma State is the home team. Um, hmm, this is the last bedlam. There's going to be a lot more to Oklahoma State than it does Oklahoma. I'm going to go, I think Oklahoma State's going to, going to, going to pull it out. Maybe not win, but they're going to cover, they're going to, it'll be under six. Okay, we agree on that one. Cal, California Golden Bears against the number six Oregon Ducks. Uh, Cal's on the road and Oregon's at home. Twenty-three and a half is the spread. Oregon covers. They, they're gonna. They got. They're trying to win every game by like a million to try to appeal to the uh, playoff committee. Okay, we agree on that one. Next is the Purdue Boilermakers on the road at the Big House in Michigan. Thirty-two and a half is the spread. Was it thirty-two and a half? Thirty-two uh... and a half. I think this is the game that Michigan is dialed in for. I think next week is when the, the chaos starts happening with them. I'm going to say Michigan covers. Michigan covers. LSU on the road against Alabama. The spread is four and a half. I, hmm, I'm going to go with LSU. I think LSU just wins outright. I'm going to be honest. What? You go with LSU covering on that one? All right. Yeah, I'm going to LSU winning. Winning, winning the game, so covering and winning the game. Okay, they have we the whole that one. <laughs> That's the only one we've disagreed on so far. Last last game, uh, Oregon State Beavers at the Colorado Buffaloes. Um, spread is thirteen and a half. 
Colorado's offensive, like Colorado has now, their roster has been exposed to what they, their offensive line is horrible. And uh, DJ Uyangole, who I remember, you know, from your Clemson days, and you still probably can't pronounce his name, um, is, the, is the quarterback at Oregon State. I think, I think Oregon State, Brent, 13? 13 and a half. I'm going to have them covering because I just – Colorado's offensive line is really bad and cannot keep Sugar Sanders upright. All right. That's going to wrap it up. But before I let you go, I know you're an Ohio State guy and you don't have any loyalty or allegiance to Indiana. But I'm an IU guy, but I don't. I think it goes deeper than that. This week we lost Bobby Knight, one of the greatest legends of all time in college basketball. His legacy continues to live on today through Steve Albert Cheney, the coach of, of IU currently. Uh, Bobby Knight passed away at the age of 83, I believe. Um, just some quick reflections on your thoughts of, of the passing of Bobby Knight. Yeah, I mean, Tom, you also forget, he's not just an IU guy. He's a Buckeye alumnus. He was on the Ohio State National Championship team. You're a valid point there. I I think, so, I I remember when everything happened with Bob Knight in the 90s and how he got fired and are are, are some of the the things that he'd done, especially by today's standards, considered like no-nos? Yeah. But, man... You you want to talk about a guy that I think I think his legacy at IU, looking back, is that he was woefully underappreciated for what he did on the basketball court and in molding men um, to to get the best out of them. Like those those IU teams did not have the most talent; they never did. But they played they played basketball the way basketball was supposed to be played. You hear guys like Steve Alford or Isaiah Thomas talk about their time under Coach Knight. Um, and it and Isaiah Thomas has been on record saying that he would not have been who he was in the NBA with the Detroit Pistons without the tutelage of Bob Knight. And that is, I think, from one of the best point guards of all time, that is a pretty incredible statement. I think there's a lot of fans, especially newer, younger IU fans, that really don't have any idea who Bob Knight is. And I think that's crazy. Sad. I think yeah, I think IU sad. has done, frankly. A, a a horrible job in honoring the man that is the best coach your school has ever seen. And as of late, and, and still to date, the last coach to have an undefeated regular season and college basketball run through the NCAA tournament with the, what, what year was that, Tom? 72? 70, 76, no. wasn't it? 76? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So, I mean, the fact that that still hasn't been accomplished, and we're now going on, what, 40 years almost, is, is incredible. So, yeah. I, I think, I, I, my hope is that we can look at, and time has kind of healed the wounds of some of his brashness, and that we can actually, like, you know, present Bob Knight with who he was. Like, did he have his faults? Yeah, but so does everybody. But man, what what a coach and what a IU wouldn't be IU without Bobby Knight. I'm just, like it is I mean, like I, I couldn't that agree. is the could agree could agree more. Uh, he made uh, Indiana basketball Indiana basketball. Adam Jimenez, we appreciate you joining us. Unless you want to stick around for the NFL talk, you want to stick around. You got to go. I have got to run, Tom. But everybody have an awesome weekend. 
and uh, we'll be back next week. All right, buddy, you be safe. We'll talk with you soon. Thanks, Tom. We'll see you. Adam Jibbidin, our college football cohort and co-pilot, joins us breaking down the games against the spread. Uh, the big games, obviously, uh, with the, a lot of conversation around Jim Harbaugh and uh, the, the sign stealing and the possible intimate firing of Jim Harbaugh. And whether he'll get in the NFL or not will, is still yet to be determined. We're also taking this entire show and dedicating it to the memory of Bobby Knight, uh, the general. And uh, it's been a, 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 a couple of weeks of just remembering Bobby Knight and who he was and, and what it was about in his memory and his legacy. I found this sound bite. It's about a minute. We'll go into break. We'll, we'll do this, and then I'll go ahead and go into break, and we'll get back with Ed Kraft, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles. We were just talking about the, the last time that the basketball team went undefeated in college basketball was 1976, and Bobby Knight was the coach. The first day I walked into the locker room, there was a sign on the wall, Kentucky 92, Indiana 90. And I remember my little talk to them went like this. Winning the Big Ten didn't make any difference. And winning the national championship didn't make any difference. If you will continue to work and follow what we want done, You have the ability to go undefeated. And anything less than that would not be the equivalent of what your capabilities were. And I said, that's all. And we started practice the next day. I think he felt pretty comfortable saying that, but he also put that carrot out there as well. Again, the psychological part of what Coach Knight does is infinitely more important and impactful than just the X and O's. It's about his ability to get you to do some things you don't think you're capable of doing. Okay, okay. I can't believe it. I've been playing four on four with a barbershop quartet. Nah, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico. Yeah. Believe it, Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. Seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry, we only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so, um, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Lekwah Pique, which, of course, in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish, in the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they 
support good causes. Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and okay. roasted. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. To the balance. Thank you, Nate Snyder, also IU grad, former IU kicker, uh, and uh, a colleague of mine in fantasy football uh, player with us at Breaking Down Fantasy Football Huddle and also looking back at Bobby Knight as, as well. Uh, granted, he played football for uh, IU and was a kicker, but still, the, 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 the camaraderie of being a part of the IU organization all started. Uh, with Bobby Knight. So we've been taking some time this uh, today to reflect on the life of Bobby Knight, the legacy that he left. Uh, and uh, so we'll continue to do that as as well. And thank you, Adam Jemidin, our college football uh, co-pilot. We are we break it down some of the against the spread, some of the games to, to really look at today. Uh, and then one of the big ones is the Georgia uh, and uh, Missouri game. And I know that my Boston colleague is a big Minnesota Minnesota, Missouri Tiger fan, and they're going on the road to Georgia, so breaking down that game. And, again, you know, uh, Adam's a big uh, Ohio State guy. A lot of people don't know this, but uh, Bobby Knight went to Ohio State. He was a part of uh, Ohio State's uh, uh, lead basketball team there for a while. So a little knowledge there about Bobby Knight. The general uh, college basketball lost one of the great ones this, this week. Uh, Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com, our official NFL contributor. We'll get into the NFL talk here in just a moment, but I know that, that you shared, and I appreciate you sharing that interaction with me and sharing the interaction on social media. Uh, you know, everybody has their thoughts, but, you know, I, I ignore our comments, but I appreciate you sharing your memory of Bobby Knight. So I thought, you know, you, you, we don't have the actual interview, but uh, first of all, how are you doing, sir? How are you doing? You ready to go to New York City? You ready to watch your son get in the top five of the New York City Marathon? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't think top five is going to happen. But uh, hey, And it's, it's better than him to be running that 26 miles than me, that's for sure. Dude, I get I get tired driving 26 miles. So I can't imagine <laughs> running 26 miles, that's for sure. But uh, yeah. I appreciate uh, you, uh, your memory that you shared with me about Bobby Knight. Obviously, you know, the closer you are to the Indiana program, the closer you, the, the closer to the heart strut that Bobby Knight had. And uh, I was in college there when he was there, and just just the presence that he commanded. But there, uh, there was a, a particular event that they had at, at Assembly Hall. Where all the students came in. It was before basketball. And he just gave a speech, and it was just like, you know, it wasn't. This wasn't something that was televised. It was. It was just for students, and it was just an amazing time when you could hear, because you could hear a pin drop when Bob Knight spoke. A pin drop. So maybe talk with us real quickly about your memory of Bobby Knight and your thoughts and reflecting on on him. Yeah, well, I, I actually, in I guess it was 2004 when St. Joseph's University's basketball team 
was the number one seed in the NCAA tournament. And they went to Buffalo, and in that bracket there in Buffalo was Texas Tech. At, at that time, it was coached by Bobby Knight. And uh, I saw him in the hallway off of the press uh, interview area, and I just said, hey, uh, hey, Bobby, I introduced myself. I said, would you have a few minutes to just answer a couple questions? He said, fire away. And, and <laughs> you know, we talked for maybe 10 to 15 minutes in that hallway, and he couldn't have been any kinder. I, you know, I've always heard the stories about Bobby Knight. That was really the first time I ever met him, and really the only time I ever I ever talked to him. I did talk to him. St. Joe's ended up playing Texas Tech in the second round of the tournament that year and won by, I don't know, five or six points. Um, but I talked to him after that game as well, but that was in a more formal setting of, you know, him, him being on this podium to answer questions from everyone. This was just kind of me and him in, the, in a side hallway, uh, and he, was, he wasn't the condescending knight that you heard about. I was a little intimidated when I first asked him, but I'm like, you know, he, him and I are standing right here. Why not at least take a shot? <laughs> exactly. And, uh, and, and, yeah, and what's the worst he can do? Tell me to, you know, go you know where. I mean, I've been told that before by some athletes. Uh, but, you know, and, and not Bobby Knight. Certainly out of the, that would yeah. not necessarily been out of the realm of possibility with him as well. You knew that going right. in, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, it was just a real nice interaction. I came away thinking, you know, there's more to this guy than just what you see and, you know, that's reported on and, uh, you know, the stories you hear. And I'm not doubting any of the veracity. Obviously, he was a very temperamental, moody coach, but what a coach. And uh, obviously, like you said, commanded such respect. And, you know, I'll say this, too, is uh, it even transcends basketball. Yesterday, uh, Nick Sirianni had uh, brought a photo of Bobby Knight to his press conference and nice. asked about it. Yeah, and, and uh, he said that one of his assistants sent it to him, and in the background of that photo, which he highlighted, was a, was a sign on the wall, and Nick said that the sign says, victory favors the team making the fewest mistakes. So that was his message to the team this week. He, he, he preached the message of Bobby Knight, and uh, you know, Nick Sirianni always has a message like this. He, has, he said he has used uh, Bobby Knight uh, – before uh, he showed a video of him talking about Michael Jordan once, making sure everybody was accountable, and that was a good message that he shared. But yesterday and this weekend, when they played Dallas, that is the message: is you know he wants his team to make the fewest mistakes, just like Bobby Knight preached. So, you know that was kind of uh, interesting that he he brought that photo out and he held it up and he showed it to the reporters, and we were like, well, what's what's the meaning behind it? And and then he explained it, and it was pretty cool. Nice, yeah. And- you know, he's, he's going to be forever known as his legacy as the, as the chair-throwing coach and a lot of things. ESPN, uh, it's been a few years ago, but they did a, a documentary on Bobby Knight. You may have seen it. If not, it's out there to find. It was very well put together. But, and it really looked at his life as a person, not as what we've seen Bobby Knight as a coach. And, you know, one of the places that he always met with his coaches every morning for breakfast is a little – is a little town just outside of not too far from Brown County Bloomington area. It's probably about 15 miles from the actual assembly hall. Uh, there's a little greasy spoon hole in the wall town called Morgantown, Indiana, uh, not Morgantown, West Virginia, but Morgantown, Indiana. And as we were going down there this past week to through Brown County stuff, we drove past that restaurant and it's still there in exactly the same way. The Coca-Cola sign is out in, he met in the back in the kitchen, uh, and that went on for years. And, and they they did a piece of that in the uh, uh, in the documentary. So he, he really was a 
a genuine person. He loved to hunt. He loved to fish. Uh, a lot of people don't know that, but he was a very, very avid hunter and a very, very avid uh, fisher, uh, fisherman, very accomplished in, in those roles as, as well. But, yeah, it, you think about Indiana basketball, that you can't say Indiana basketball without saying Bobby. So I appreciate right. that uh, memory that you have with, with Bobby Knight. Uh, granted, he wasn't always the, the most orthodox way coach, but, you know, uh, he had some bitter feelings toward IU, and that's a, that's a dark history. The good thing about that, I think that was all buried with him in 2020 when he made his return to the uh, to Assembly Hall for the IU-Purdue game, uh, certainly surrounded by dozens of former players. You know, he cried. I've heard stories about him showing, showing up that weekend you know, impromptu at, at Bloomington Bars and making impromptu speeches and spending time with fans. And I've seen some YouTube videos of that. And just, I still remember that game. And when he came out, it was just an amazing thing. And, uh, you know, Steve Alford was there. Of course, Steve Alford, you know, a very accomplished uh, basketball coach uh, in his own right. And there's a story, we're going to talk about it in the next segment. There's a story about where he made he made uh, Steve Alford uh, walk home from the airport. So we'll talk about it in, in the next segment uh, with Matt Hicks, a local radio guy here. We're going to spend some time just finishing up the show, uh, finishing up the show to uh, honor Bobby Knight. So we'll, we'll, we brought you on to talk some uh, NFL and the Eagles. I know you guys are, I appreciate you jumping on a little bit early for us today so that we can get this conversation done. So we want to get it, get it done. So the you guys are all ready for Dallas. Big game on the road. No, I mean, they're at home. I'm so sorry. Uh, but uh, what are your thoughts about Dallas? A rivalry. Well, uh, yeah, evil cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, these these teams don't like each other. Obviously, you know. I mean, it's on the field. I mean, off the field. Micah Parsons loves Philadelphia. I think he would love to play for the Eagles. Uh, grew up in Harrisburg. You know, a two-hour drive. Uh, that, you know, uh, west of Philadelphia. Played at Penn State. Big supporter of Penn State. You see him at wrestling matches. Uh, always has complimentary things to say about the Eagles. Uh, so. While these guys hate each other on the field, off the field, it's a different story. Um, but it's going to be a big game. Obviously, you got, you know, the 7-1 Eagles, best record in all football again. And, you know, it's an amazing stat that the Eagles have uh, been tied or have held the best record in the NFL for the for 26 straight weeks, dating back to last season. So, I mean, that's pretty amazing when you think about that. Uh, but now here come the Cowboys that, you know, have, have really not – you know, they haven't played up to what they think they should. You know, they got hammered by the 49ers. They gave the Colts or the Cardinals their only loss of the season uh, or win of the season, I should say. Arizona beat Dallas back in week uh, three, I think it was. So, uh, you know, they're out to prove that they can win a big game on the road. And this is a big game. And they're going to do it again next month. So, you know, everybody's putting a lot of stock in this. Oh, whoever wins this game, it's going to be, they're going to be the number one seed in the conference. And, you know, they're going to win the NFC, but, you know, listen, they're going to do it again next next few months in Dallas. Uh, so while, while this is a big game, I mean, there are still big games ahead on the schedule. Absolutely. Well, one of the things, if Dallas is going to win, they've got to slow down uh, A.J. Brown. And certainly A.J. Brown is also a fantasy stud. Love watching him play. Uh, he, ha- he has an NFL record of six straight games with at least 125 yards that That'll make every fantasy football owner drool, but uh, it had a combined 11 catches for 170 yards and a touchdown against the Cowboys last season. 
the Dallas Cowboys, can they slow down that monster that we know, A.J. Brown? Yeah, he's really doing some amazing things. There's no doubt he was the player of the month in the NFC for, you know, the offense. Uh, shows you the kind of, you know, months he had. He's got 939 yards receiving. He could go over 1,000 yards receiving already. Uh, certainly on pace to break the record for most yards in a season, which he set last year uh, in franchise history with 1,496. He's on pace to break that again. Uh, but, listen, Dallas to me is a team that you, you, you should be able to try to run the ball on. Their pass defense is pretty good. They're ranked fourth against the pass. Uh, I know AJ's a great story, and he certainly, you know, would like to get his yards and maybe make it seven straight games with 125-plus yards. But I think the Eagles need to run the ball, and that's something they haven't done much of the last three weeks. They haven't been over 100 yards as a team in three straight weeks, and that's rare for this team. They love to run the ball, one of the top running uh, offenses in the NFL. Um, Just haven't been able to get that on track. Now, they've done great things in the passing game, but Dallas's run defense is ranked 18th in the league for a reason. The Cardinals hung 222 on them when they beat them. The 49ers ran for 170 as a team when they beat them. So, to me, the Eagles have to fire the running game up. And, you know, if A.J. doesn't get his 125 yards, well, so be it. If your running game is putting up 150 to 200 yards, that, to me, is the recipe to win this game for Philadelphia. Well, you know, the the Eagles have done a great job of, of slowing down the pass rusher and protecting Jalen Hurts. But you got you you mentioned Micah Parsons. That's a that's a beast that's going to hit you, you know, uh, like a like a locomotive. Uh, what's the Eagles? How are they going to continue to uh, slow down that pass rush and keep him away from Jalen Hurts? Because if if he if he hits Jalen Hurts, uh, Hurts is going to be more than just his last name. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, listen, uh, they've played Parsons I think three times, and they've really done a good job against him. He only has a half a sack in those three games. He really hasn't been any kind of factor at all uh, in these previous matchups. And what the Eagles have done to me, what I've seen is they kind of confuse Parsons a little bit. You know, they'll get Hurts out, out on the edge a little bit, and Parsons is kind of right in the middle, and he, he, he kind of doesn't know whether he gets caught flat-footed a bit. He doesn't know whether to cover a receiver that's in, the, in a pass pattern or charge and, against Hurts. So they kind of freeze him for a, a half a second, a second, and that's all it takes to create a little confusion, and then Hertz has him, uh, you know, where he wants him, and then he can either run or throw uh, based on what Parsons does, uh, you know, in that situation. So they've done a good job against him recently. So you think, you know, hey, listen, the law of averages says that Parsons is eventually going to spring loose, but uh, especially maybe Sunday. The Eagles are probably going to start a rookie at right guard. Uh, Cam Jurgens, the guy that started the season at right guard, is still on IR. He had his practice window open, but, you know, he's the guy. But, you know, his backup, Sua Opeta, did not play well against Washington, has a little bit of a hip issue, but he's not listed on the game status. He has no injury designation. But I think Tyler Steen, the right guard, the rookie third-round pick from the University of Alabama, is probably going to start, and, you know, it's going to be up to him probably if you're the Cowboys you're going to load up Parsons wherever Steen is and you're going to try to expose Steen so he's going to have to step up in this game the rookie and of course the Eagles will have help it's nice when you have a you know a Hall of Fame center next to you and a probable Hall of Fame right tackle on the other side with Lane Johnson and Jason Kelsey so that helps uh but we'll see I mean it's it's going to be a matchup that needs to be watched as you know this rookie guard against Micah Parsons well, another tough matchup for the Eagles is C.C. Lamb. I mean, he's a beast. Uh, 
you know, again, I keep making references to fantasy football because, hey, it's fantasy football. Come on, Ed. But uh, you know, CC Lamb, CC Lamb, obviously he he is a a weapon that that the Dallas Cowboys are going to lean on heavily. I mean, he's already racked up 19 receptions, 275 yards, and two scores in the two previous games, and he totaled 15 catches and 188 yards in the two touchdowns against the Eagles last season. So surely uh, there's a there's a plan to stop or slow down CC Lamb because he is a beast. Yeah, you know, and here's another test for the Eagles secondary. You know, the, the guy they signed to play slot corner, who would have been the fourth slot corner, a guy they signed off the street, Bradley Roby, he's going to miss his third game with a shoulder injury. So now you're going to run a rookie, another rookie, Sidney Brown, uh, out there at slot. He started at slot against Washington, did some good things, did some bad things, pretty inconsistent. So you know, depending on where they match up C.D. Lamb, I would put him in the slot against Sidney Brown. Uh you know, but they'll probably line him up all over the place against Darius Slay sometimes, James Bradbury uh, another time. But, uh, yeah, he's going to be a handful. There's no doubt. And, listen, if he gets his yards, then, you know, so be it. You have to make sure that Tony Pollard isn't getting his yards on the ground or the tight end isn't uh, picking up yards or, or you know, uh, Brandon Cooks isn't getting yards and Michael Gallup isn't getting yards. You know, somebody's going to make plays for this team, and it's been C.D. Lamb. And if he goes for over 100, not to say the Eagles can't win that game. They've given up 100-yard games to other receivers, but they win because they shut down other uh, avenues of an offense that they play. So, uh, yeah, it's it's important to do a job on CeeDee Lamb, but you also have to make sure the other guys aren't getting theirs too. Let's bounce around the league here uh, just so we've got time to get to everybody because I know you've, you've, got to, you've got to get going. Let's talk about the Colts are at Carolina, and then next – Next week they're in Germany, but the Indianapolis Colts at Carolina against former coach Frank Reich. Uh, they were able to pull off a win last week. Uh, the the uh, Panthers were, and we were not. And last week we could not blame it on the uh, <laughs> officiating like we could with the Browns. Uh, we just flat out got our asses handed to us last week, and it, you know. So uh, we move forward, and we're in Carolina. Uh, Charlotte to play the Panthers. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, the Colts have to get off. What are they? They lost three in a row, I think. Um, I know Shane Steichen has taken a little heat for not really running the ball a whole lot in the second half. I mean, uh, that's how you're going to have to win, I think, is you're going to have to control the ball with Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss and, and you know, see if you can get one of those guys over 100 yards. This is a run defense Carolina that's ranked near the bottom in the league. So statistically speaking, you should be able to run against them, and you have two hammers in the backfield that can run the ball. So, uh, you know, Minshew's going to have to make some plays, but you don't want to put too much on his plate. I mean, you know, he's got five interceptions, I think, over these last three games. And you know, I, I saw an interesting stat uh, this week that I think all, of his, all five of his interceptions came when he targeted Michael Pittman. Um, so, listen, don't force the ball to Michael Pittman. Take what's there. Uh, and don't turn the ball over. On the flip side, though, Minshew's done a good job of throwing touchdown passes. I think he's got seven this year, five in these last few games. So, uh, you know, but you want to give him help in the backfield. And I think the Colts should win this game. Uh, I know the Panthers are, you know, they have some confidence now. They got their first win of the year. But, really, this is a good place where, you know, Indianapolis should get the victory. And, uh, you know, I certainly hope they do. Um, 
but we'll, we'll see. I mean, I like both these coaches, Frank Reich and, and Shane Steichen. So, uh, but the Colts, to yeah. me, still have kind of an outside shot at the playoffs. They just have to figure it out and, and get rolling here. I, I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. Uh, the, the running joke was, well, at least the, the Pacers are undefeated. Well, that's not the case. Now, they, the, the, the Pacers and the Colts have won exactly the same amount of games now. But I'll be at the Pacer game tonight, so maybe I'll bring some. I'll bring some luck, and I get to be in the suite. So, hey, you know, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll do that. I digress. Uh, you know, really, I think one of the biggest games of, of the day tomorrow is actually in the morning in Germany, and that's uh, Kansas City Chiefs against the uh, red-hot Miami Dolphins. And I'm going to tell you what, I should have listened to you, Mr. Ed Kraft. Remember I asked you, I said, give me one for, for sure bet win. And you said there is no such a thing. And I, we thought, well, good Lord, Kansas City could beat the Broncos. I'm like, yeah. So I, I guess what I put my in with a group of a buddy of mine. Uh, so you, ba- you basically pay seventy five dollars to get in. Each week you make a pick, and if you lose, you're out. And if you win, like I picked the Eagles week before last, so I can't pick the Eagles again the rest of the season. I can't, as long as I'm in, I haven't lost. So I thought, well, the surefire bet here, easy for me here, is Kansas City beating Denver. Well, now I'm out, but, but. The, the guys were gracious enough to let me buy back in for another 50 bucks. I'm done after this. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully the ball <laughs> stick and I haven't made any of it. We'll get for, but really uh, the, the dolphins too is, is doing a great job. And this will have to be our last game. Because we've got to get into uh, talk with my, my Matt Hicks, uh, local radio here and really uh, sure. going to talk about Bobby Knight. And so I'm not wanting to rush you out, but I know that you, you had a hard stop too as well. So real quickly, Kansas city, in Frankfurt, Germany, against the Miami Dolphins, uh, what say you, sir? Yeah, I'm sure Kansas City cost a lot of people their survival uh, picks last week. I mean, come on. They, you can't p- put more than nine points on the board against a defense that gave up 70 to the Miami Dolphins. I mean, you know, shame on Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. But, you know, the, the Dolphins really haven't beat. I mean, listen, there's a lot made of who the Dolphins have played and beaten. They've lost to the, the Buffalo Bills and the Philadelphia Eagles by a combined 42 points. Uh, you know, and those are the two best teams they've played, and they've laid an egg. So, you know, now can they beat the Chiefs? I don't think so. I think Kansas City rebounds and finds a way to, you know, uh, put up more than nine points like they did against the Broncos last week. <laughs> what a, what yeah. a disaster. Ed Kratz, we always appreciate you joining us. Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and com. I know you're headed into the city for the New York Mar- City Marathon to observe your son, not to run it, but uh, – uh, right. Where can people find your work at Masterpieces, sir? <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can hit me on Kratzy uh, on, on uh, X, I guess is what we're calling it now. At Kratzy, K R E C Z. Yeah, right. Formally, right, right. The we artist you, formerly known as Twitter. Yeah, it's like Prince, right? The artist formerly known as Prince. Uh, that's right. All right. Yeah, so that's where you can find me. But all I appreciate right. it, Tom. Thanks. You have a great weekend. Thanks. You too, buddy. Bye bye. Bye bye. Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com, our official NFL contributor, breaking down the NFL. Uh, thank you, uh, Nate Snyder, also for uh, j- jumping on fantasy football huddle, and then uh, Adam Jevenin jumping on college football. My name is Tom Marquez, El Presidente. We'll get back, and we're going to spend the next last segment of the show breaking down the memory and legacy of uh, college football, uh, I mean college football, college basketball coach, one of the greatest ever, and that is the general and the loss of, of Bobby Knight. And we're going to be talking with Matt Hicks, a longtime local radio guy uh, here in Indianapolis, about his legacy 
what he's meant uh, to the state of Indiana and to college basketball. My name's Tom Marcos. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network. I've been playing four on four with a barber shark quartet. Nah, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico. Yeah. Believe it, Geico could save you fifteen percent or more on car insurance. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. Seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted. So, um, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Lequa Pique, which, of course, in the Indonesian language... Oh, let me finish. In the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes. But it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wondering. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it and make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. the story when uh, you had to walk home from the airport <laughs> well and, I, and that's the thing Dan you appreciate about coach is that uh, he did it the right way Dan uh, not only was he a highly successful winning coach but he did it with uh, integrity of the rules it was always about respecting the game with him uh, he loved his players he loved his team and I did a I posed for a calendar um, I was the I was the month of February. I was the love month, Dan. Um, <laughs> wait, wait, this is a but, fundraiser for a sorority on campus. Th- yeah, this is a fundraiser for a sorority on campus for handicapped girls to go to summer camp. And I thought I was doing the right thing. And But the wrong thing was you're, you're taught at Indiana, you go to compliance, you go to the assistant coaches, you make sure you cover yourself. And I didn't do that. That was my mistake. And on top of it, it was the Kentucky game. <laughs> and anybody that knows Coach um, and the feelings of Kentucky at the time um, would know what I'm talking about. So the irony of me being suspended for the Kentucky game for a compliance issue uh, really dug deep to Coach. But it, it, again, speaks volumes of Coach. He didn't fight it. He didn't 
try to get administrators or people from the outside to fix it. Uh, he's like, no, you made a mistake. And uh, you're going to feel that mistake because it's not just going to affect you. It's going to affect your team. Well, I, Dan Dockage was our GA at the time. I'd played with Dan for a couple of years. And so I went to Dan. I said, Dan, I've been suspended, but am I supposed to go on the road trip or not? He said, I don't know what to tell you, but I think I'd be on the bus. So I was on the bus, and when you when you exit a bus uh, for a road trip or any other time, coach will always hit you on the back as you left the bus. And we got our trench coats on. It's cold, and I'm one of the last players off the bus, and I see him just hitting everybody. And I'll never forget, Dan, he hits me, <laughs> and then he grabs the back of my coat and pulls me back in the bus and says, what are you doing? You're at home. You're suspended. Think about what you did. Support your teammates from home. Find your own way home. <laughs> so I'm in, it's 20 minutes from campus out in the middle of the winter, and I just start walking. I see the plane go through the clouds, and, and I'm walking. I get about a half mile up the road, and the, the poor bus driver saw all this. And the, the bus pulls up next to me. He opens up, and he just looks at me. He goes, need a ride? <laughs> I said, yeah, I'd be great right now. I'd appreciate a ride. I hope the coach that uh, the bus driver didn't know that, uh, you know, coach. Oh, no, we, I think that was, that was just something kept between the bus drivers. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it was. <laughs> All right. Yes. Yeah, so a nice memory there. Uh, uh, obviously, uh, Steve Alford, former player for IU and a very accomplished coach, part of the legacy of, of Bobby Knight uh, on the Dan Patrick national show. Appreciate the, the courtesy bite from their show. But, yes, that was a funny story. Joining us now is a longtime local media guy here. You probably know him, recognize him, been on for a while, Mr. Matt Hicks. How are you, sir? Welcome back. I'm well. How are you, Tom? Oh, good. Always always good on a Saturday when we can talk uh, We can talk sports, right? <laughs> yeah, amen. But, Indeed. Yeah, let's, let, let's talk. I appreciate you uh, jumping on with us. I w- maybe we'll get a little close to talk in, but really I wanted to spend this time just talking about Bobby Knight, his, his legacy. Obviously, we know that he passed away this week. He, he was he was 83 years old, won three national championship titles, and still holds the, the record of the undefeated uh, record in 1976. And we'll play that speech here toward the end of the show, again, that we played earlier. Uh, not the whole speech, but just a, just a, a snippet of it uh, about being undefeated and just you know uh, he commanded a press. Now, it was he the most orthodox by modern thinking coaches? No, but he still remains one of the most winningest coaches in, in college football. I mean basketball. Uh, yourself, what are your thoughts personally uh, as you remember Bobby Knight? We'll get into some more uh, conversations about it. Well, you know, I, I I think about as a kid, you know, and I and and I'm uh, we're relatively close to the same age, I think. But I, I I remember as a kid, I might be a little bit younger, but as a kid, I mean, you know, Indiana basketball was for me in the '80s appointment television, and 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 why was that? Well, it was Indiana basketball, but it was really Bob Knight, right? I mean, that was the that was the show, that was the um, that was the main attraction, you know. I mean, it was, it was what it was. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, I, I ended up, you know, later playing the trumpet, and Indiana has a fantastic uh, school of music, like one of the absolute best in the country, oh, yeah. right, if you don't know. Like one of the best in the country. So, yeah, that was like the reason I wanted to go to school at Indiana. But, but like, let's be honest. The other reason, 
you know, that was probably 60, 70% of the reason I wanted to go to Indiana. But the other reason was with basketball and IU uh, and Bob Knight. I mean, that was, it was, it was, it was what, gosh, I mean, you know, in the eighties and it's hard for people that might've moved here later or, or, you know, the era of recency with Peyton Manning and, and, and what a marvelous thing the Colts did for the city as they got good at the right time. But I mean, our identity as a state was the Indy 500 and, and Bob Knight for so, so many years. Right. I mean, it was, it was, that's what it was. It was, it was the success of Indiana basketball and the Indy 500. And, and Notre Dame, I mean, I, I don't know about you, Tom, but I don't think Notre Dame gets associated with the state of Indiana very often. Mm, it's up right. in the corner there, you know. And, and it's, I mean, I, you know, I definitely, you know, proudly claim Notre Dame as, as, as Indiana, the state of Indiana um, heritage. But I don't know that it gets nationally recognized. I mean, you know, they don't, people don't think of South Bend as South Bend, Indiana, or, you know, where we are here three hours away where, where you and I are. From from mm-hmm. from South Bend. So so I guess my point is, is Indiana and Bob Knight were just so synonymous um, with each other. Um, and and my 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 personal memory is from when I was in college, and and Bob Knight was always always I thought pretty cool about scheduling um, in-state rivals. Like he was, I thought that was awesome. Like he would he would always do that. Um, and I know the complexities of the scheduling thing now is just totally a lot of out of hand to some extent. But, you know, he, they used to have what well, they had two tournaments, right? The Indiana Classic and maybe the Hoosier Classic. I don't remember what they were called, but remember they were two tournaments in Bloomington. Mm-hmm. And when I was in school, <laughs> Indiana State won the last two of one of them. Because because Indiana State won them, they were like, yeah, we're not doing this anymore. <laughs> um, or maybe it was just, again, the venue. But, but that's what I remember. I remember, like, like you know, all these, all these uh, Indiana All-Stars that Royce Waltman had recruited, and they go and beat Indiana, and that was just huge. I mean, that was you, – you know, it was – I don't know how to compare it. I mean, uh, for, for young people today, it's, it's beating Alabama in football back then. It's, it is that kind of an upset uh, when, when, a, when, when an Indiana State or a or – a, you know, I don't know, you could Tulane or whatever, any of those, those Cleveland state, any of those, those classic upsets, you know, where, yeah, you, you, you feel that twinge of embarrassment, if you will, if you're an IU fan, but it was, it was such an event, a life changing moment, if you will, to upset Indiana, even in the regular season. I mean, that's what Bob Knight brought to Indiana. And I, and I don't know if that, I mean, I guess aside from maybe a Nick Saban, maybe, I, I don't know that that, Gosh, Tom, does that even exist anymore? I mean, I don't know that it does, and that's and that's and that's Bob Knight. And then you can we can we you know we heard all the anecdotes about how wonderful he was in private, and I know that other stuff gets blown up quite a bit, and I don't know that you can you know ignore that. Uh, But I think you know right now when we're talking about his legacy and his memory, I think we can't ignore it a little bit. Um, The end of his time in Indiana was unfortunate. For a lot yes. of reasons, a lot of reasons, yes. right? I mean, it's 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 just it's just too bad that it ended that way. Um, but um, time heals some wounds, not all, but time does heal some. So I'm I'm glad he was able to come back to Indiana and and get that applause from the fans um, while he was still with us. And I and I think it, mm-hmm. it looked like from you know complete outsider, it looked like he really enjoyed that. So I hope he did, and I hope that uh, I hope that's that's a memory he can 
put away and and feel good about Bloomington. I mean, obviously he moved back to Bloomington, so there's obviously good good feelings there. So, yeah, Bob Knight was just an an interesting. I never got to meet him. You know, I I, I mean, my time as a broadcaster, if you will, um, started started when I think I think he was suspended. I think he was under suspension, and Mike Davis brought a very good Indiana team to the Holman Center, and believe it or not, Indiana State won that game. And I remember that game very vividly because it was a, a last-second shot by uh, Michael Menser, if you remember that name. Yes. But, mm-hmm. but, I, but I think – I don't believe Knight – maybe Knight had already been let go. I don't remember if he was just suspended or if he had been let go. Um, but that was a very talented Indiana team that I think either that year or the next year went on to the, the championship game. So, anyway, long story short, I never got to meet Bob Knight, but uh, what, a, what an interesting and – you know, I just, you just those are those guys are just not um, they don't come around very often at all. I mean, that, you talk about the Mount Rushmore or whatever you want to say, uh, they just they just don't come often. And he was he was very special, and I think it's fair to say very complex. Oh, absolutely! It's you know that his legacy uh, as far as coaching legacy is just unreal. You know, a, a little fun fact, if you will. He was one of the first coaches to uh, endorse a shoe company. And you, you, we talk about the shoes and, and the shoe schools and what school is this school, a shoe school. And clearly, obviously, uh, IU was an Adidas school for years. And uh, Bobby Knight uh, endorsed uh, Adidas and wore Adidas. And you know what? Come to think of it, I think that might be something for everybody to go on Amazon right now and order some of those uh, uh uh, throwback Adidas sweaters or shirts. That'd did you cool, have one? Did you have the? I had like a sweatshirt that looked like I didn't sweater. Did you, did you have one? I didn't, but I'm thinking now. I just popped to me while I'm, while I'm talking to you. That would be great because he did. Yeah, I had it, one as a kid. I, mean, you I saw, had one as a kid. My, you saw you saw uh, the Bobby Knight red Adidas sweater, and you you knew exactly. Yeah. You know who, what that relationship was, and you know. Good, bad, or indifferent, your opinions on, on shoe schools, but each school has their own uh, different types of uh, shoes that they endorse. Of course, IU being Adidas. Uh, so, you know, he has a, a strong uh, legacy. Let's, you know, we heard on the sound, sound by uh, Dan Dockage. And, of course, you know him well, and he's been around the city for a long time. He's now moved on to bigger and better things. Um, he outgrown local radio here, but nonetheless, uh, you know, when you heard Steve Alford say that, well, I don't, you know, I don't know, that almost you can almost hear Dan Dockett say it, you know, uh, but you know, it was good to hear his his uh, remembrance of, of of Bobby Knight, and, and and it's no secret they they weren't best of friends, but he did given you know he didn't I mean, there were there were good bad things yes but we're honoring the man's legacy there's no you know i saw the negative comments on social media i guess there's a time and a place but i mean i think his good far outweighs his bad and i think all of his bad i don't know if you ever had a chance to watch that documentary uh about uh bob knight when he was uh it really kind of it was on uh espn or or abc it's really good uh, and they did a real good job of identifying with him as a person. And you learned that, yes, he uh, 
was a little bit unorthodox, and he did things that probably nowadays should, would never be done. But it came from a good spot. And you heard it in the soundbite with Steve Alford and that story about having to walk away from the airport. He made his players accountable. And you could tell in the way that uh, Steve Alford told that story that, you know, he, he was disappointed in Steve and, that, and not following, you know, the rules and, and it, that got him suspended. Uh, but you could tell that the reason he acted that way was, hey, you know, I care about you. So he cared about all of his, his – uh, his players and coaches and so forth. Would you agree with that? <clears throat> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you can, we can, you know, it's funny. We can talk about, you know, you know, how to hold accountability, right? How to, how to, how to get that, whether it's out of fear or whatever it is, but he did. There's no question about that. His players were accountable. Uh, you know, at this point, I think it's safe to say, um, you know, after all these years, nothing's ever come up as far as a, an NCAA violation. The guy played by the rules. Um, I, and maybe, I mean, not to get, like, weird and, and, and uh, uh, you know, down a rabbit hole, but maybe to his detriment till, towards the end. I mean, you know, he was not bending any rules for recruiting. He, he, he had a certain kind of player to run his, his, his offense, his defense, and you know, at the end, you know, it was you know that was kind of the the big thing, right? Like the top recruits weren't going to Indiana. I remember that time. I mean, I remember you know the number one player in Indiana was not not going to Indiana anymore. They were going out to Arizona. Or they were going out to you know wherever. They would go to IU for a year and then transfer out or that sort of thing. And and, and maybe you know maybe there's something to um, at the at the end of his time of Indiana, a lack of of evolution as far as that sort of thing goes. But but the numbers are there, and and as as I think you said, well said. You know that there is a time and a place, and I don't think you can ignore the the bad. But there is a lot of good. I mean, there's a lot of good. There's a lot of those great stories where he's, you know, you've heard these a thousand times. He's in the restaurant. He picks up the tab of everybody in the restaurant. He he goes and spends extra time with a little kid. You know those those stories are everywhere. He was never uh, he was never put off by respectful fans. I'll say it that way. I think there were times where uh, were disrespectful fans, and that put him off. Uh, but he, again, he was a different guy for a different age. You know, you're right. Today, no way, wouldn't play at all, uh, wouldn't work. Um, it, it just now the basketball would work <laughs> because guess what? A lot of teams are still running that motion offense. After all these years, it's, that's tweaked and this and that. And the pick and roll is kind of probably, if you want to nitpick, the pick and roll is probably the most dominant form of, of basketball offense now. But, man, that motion, if you watch basketball, if you want to watch a lot of basketball, that motion offense is still alive and well. And, you know, you also think of just about the legends and the – you talk about the Mount Rushmore of, of basketball coaches. you got Coach K, John Wood. You know, Bobby Knight for sure, but Coach K, he, re, he recruited. I mean, Bobby Knight recruited Coach K. Uh, Bo, uh, Bobby Knight played for Ohio State basketball, uh, and then he went on to, to, at 23 years old, he started coaching at West Point. And uh, that's, you know, he went from West Point to IU to IU to Texas Tech, three schools that he, that he coached at. And it, it, you're right, it was kind of a dark ending, if you will, but – what I felt that was all put to bed was in 2020 when he came back and we were playing yeah. Purdue. 
sure you remember that game and everybody was there and the coaches were there. Steve Alford was there. And, you know, uh, it, it was just a, in a very emotional time. Uh, and I think that got put to bed and I think he was happy for that. Um, you know, just seemed like how it. emotional it, it, it seemed was. like it. And, and I guess the idea that he moved back to Bloomington, I mean, I think that's pretty well tells you where he was at with it all, you know, um, you know, it's tough, right? I mean, you know, I think the way it ended was 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 unfortunate. You can't deny that. Uh, I'm I'm not going to sit here and and make excuses. I mean, the video we can go through all that. You know, that would all happen. Yeah. It, it's not like it didn't happen. You know, it's not like it. Right. Well, maybe right. it did. No, it happened, and it did, and it's terrible. Um, and you know, but but I I, I do think you know, in, in times like this, when you think about a guy like like Bob Knight and the 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 you know, just the measure of a man in general. I think there was some, I think there was considerably more good than bad. And, and the bad is not good, of course. But, but, yeah. but, man, there was a lot of good. There was a lot of good there. We're talking with uh, Matt Hicks, longtime local radio guy here in Indianapolis, and just sort of talking about the legacy of, of, of Bobby Knight. You, you were talking about we're close in age. You know, uh, Bobby Knight made Indiana basketball. You know, there was, you know, you think Ohio State, you think football. Indiana, you think basketball. And that was, how it was. I was raised on Indiana basketball, the candy, candy right. stripe pans, the, the championship banners, and our hatred of, of that team in, in West Lafayette and Gene Cady's, which, by the way, I, I wish I would have been able to go to that event, but there was an event a few years ago. He was still able to walk and talk, but uh, he had an event with Gene Cady's at, at Gamebridge yeah. at that time. It was, yeah. And it was a, just kind of a town hall, where they were just kind of talking back and forth. But you think about a relationship between two coaches, I mean, you, there's no bigger rivalry than IU and Purdue. And Gene Cady's was the Purdue uh, to Purdue that Bobby Knight is, is to IU. But, you know, so we, we from an early child years, we, we through college, we, we knew that going to Hoosier Games at Assembly Hall was a staple of life. It was something that we just had to have. And I think a lot of people – like yourself, I didn't play basketball there, but I went to IU a lot of because I wanted to be a part of that environment. And, you know, and Bob Knight was an avid pitcher. He loved to golf. Uh, he, he there's, there's saying out there that he loved to play golf almost as much as he loved co uh, coaching college basketball. And he had yeah. so many opportunities to move into the next level and be a whatever. No, no I, I want to be here a part of these kids and he always called them their kids. And it was our, our, our friends over at 1070 has did a great job this week on getting guests on and, 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 and talking with people from Bobby Knight's past. And, and you know, uh, Fisher, uh, Fish, uh, uh, he was on John's show. Of course, he, he's on there a lot, but it was good to hear his voice and how he, you may have heard uh, John's show uh, with, with Fish on there. So, you know, yeah. We remember, we remember Bobby Knight. I appreciate you coming on. I wanted to get a couple questions in for you while we still got you here about the Indianapolis Colts and Anthony Richardson sure. uh, and, uh, you know, Gardner Minshew and the disaster that we have. Here we go again. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I'm glad to see that I'm, I'm not the only one that uses that word with it because it's a disaster. I mean, there's, there's yeah. no other way to describe it. I, it's, it's the right word. I agree. Well, you know, and here's the thing. I, I, Green from the rafters 
hey, we've got Anthony Richardson. We don't have to pay him game one. We don't have to start him. Don't start him. He's not ready. He's not ready. No. You know, the, the powers that be out there at West 56th Street. I don't know if it was Ballard. I don't know if it was Ursay. I kind of don't think it was Steichen, but maybe well, it was. Well, I mean, but, Tom, but look at, you know, I was, I was kind of in the same boat, but we were both wrong. He was clearly ready. He's just not able to stay healthy. That's two different. That's two different subjects. I mean, he's clearly ready. Point. You know, right? I mean, because that that offense hummed with him in it, and and I'm I'm if he can stay healthy, there's reason for optimism. But we have no, we have no way of knowing if he can stay healthy, and that is the disaster that is this season. It is a completely lost year, um, which you don't find very often in the NFL. I mean, this year for the Colts was to develop Anthony Richardson and see if they had a quarterback or not, because if they didn't. They would have had such a bad record. They could have tried again, and it wouldn't have been, you know, it would have been a PR disaster and all these things, and you might have heard that, oh, well, Ballard's just trying to save his job for one more year and that sort of thing. But I don't even think that was it. I, I really do think the Colts saw big swing, big reward, because Anthony Richardson can play. When he's on the field, he's – I mean, he's everything. He's I, – I don't even know how to describe Anthony Richardson – from what that little snapshot, if that's truly what he is, if he's truly a, 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 an out of the package Michael Vick that has an ability to be comfortable in the pocket and read a defense, like uh oh, that's a problem for the NFL. Big problem. We don't know if he can stay healthy. Well, let's and see where we're at now. I mean, where we're at now, the Cleveland game really disappointing, and I'm not the one that typically says, hey. We got hosed by the officiators, but in that game, we got hosed. Now, last yeah, last it's hard week, to deny it. we last week it, we just got our asses handed to us. This week, we got Carolina. We 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 meet back up with Frank Reich and Shane Steichen and Frank Reich and have that relationship. So for that feel good part of the the, the story, it's there. But I, I think if we circle a game, so like in spite of all of our problems. There's no yeah, these are two that they should win. That's right. Yeah. If there's a team that's in worse shape than the Indianapolis Colts, it's the Carolina Panthers. And, you know, you yeah. hope that you hope that the uh, the staff, uh, the, the, the leadership out there at the, at the Panthers have some patience and time and understanding the rebuilding. And Frank Wright will be good. At, I think that he'll be good in that organization. But that said, we should be able to go to Carolina and get a win. Looking ahead to, to Germany against New England, I mean, those are two here that I see that we can win. I look around the AFC South, I still see a path that we can get into the playoffs. Or am I just being too optimistic? <laughs> no, I, I, I think – here's Tom, I don't think you are. And, and the, the problem is, is they are not – the Colts are just not grasping these opportunities. I mean, they should have beat New Orleans, let's be honest. I mean, you can – the Cleveland thing, you know, listen, we can talk about the officials, but <laughs> – Actually, I mean, like, not to be like a jerk, and John would, JMV would disagree with me on this, and that's okay. But, <laughs> but like, it should never have come down. Should never have come down to the officials. Like, it never should have come down to that. Steichen is still learning how to coach basketball, or excuse me, coach football uh, from from the head coaching position. I'm not a fan of the head coach calling his offensive plays or defensive plays. I think the head coach needs to be available to take that um, fifty thousand feet view of the game and, and, and get a better feel for situations. He has been, Tom, he's been dreadful at clock management at the end of half. It, it's like not good. 
Like, I don't know if you can really say he's cost them a win yet, but he's come close to. So these are things that will get better. I, I believe in. I mean, look at the offense. The offense with 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 Gardner Minshew puts up 350 and 400 yards against top defenses. I mean, you can't deny that this thing is going well. It's just not where we'd hoped, right? I mean, I think. Well, I don't know. I didn't see him as a playoff team this year anyway, but I did see them as a team that would that would move forward. To, it would next year feel very good about them being a playoff team, and with the uncertainties that lie ahead, I don't know that we can say that, hey, next year I feel really good about this team being a playoff team at this point. You know, here, here's the thing. In all of our problems that, that we have, we, we you know, we've got a solid running back issue solved now. And I think Jonathan yeah. Taylor's finally got, got that fixed. Uh, you know, of course, Jack Moss. And then we've got Michael Pittman Jr., which was fun to watch when he catches the ball. Yeah. But the other guy that I'm, I'm really having fun with, and I picked him up on a, in the fantasy league as well, which, by the way, we're in the same fantasy league. I, I want to point, take this time to point out that I made no, just, just so you know. Yeah, uh, I'm, sure and that, I am not. <laughs> but uh, uh, it, it is what it is. But I picked up Josh Downs. I really like him. I think yeah. he's, he's fun to watch. It. Him and Gardner Minshew have a good connection. So, yeah. I mean – there, there's some positives to look at. <laughs> no, there's a, there's, I don't mean to be so – there are a ton of positives. The offensive line appears with this offense, this scheme. That offensive line appears to be – I don't even say fixed because it wasn't bad last year. I mean, if you get into the weeds, like the offensive line was not terrible last year. Um, but it's – I think it's easy to say it's improved. You know, that offensive line is good with, with Fries there at the right guard spot. Like, they get Braden Smith back. I mean, that's a top five <laughs> – Silly to oh, say. Absolutely. It feels silly to say. But it's the top five offensive line in football again. Uh, and hopefully yeah. Braden Smith will make it back soon. But but yeah, there is a lot of positives. That defensive line when, when Stewart's back is 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 one of the, the more solid defensive lines. They don't make the plays I think we'd all like to see them make. In other words, we're not seeing the sack numbers, the force fumbles, but they're really solid. They're a solid run stopping group. When when Stewart's there, they're very different without Stewart. But but when Stewart's there, they're pretty good. Matt Hicks uh, joined us and helping us uh, just uh, talk about the legacy of, of the man, the coach, uh, Bob Knight, the general Indiana had lost a, a general college basketball, uh, lost a general. So thank you for taking some time with us. One more, one more homer card for you. I made the joke after Sunday's game. Well, at least the Pacers are undefeated. Well, <laughs> now, now the Pacers have pretty much have uh, the, the same loss record as, as uh, they're at home tonight against yeah. uh, Charlotte. I will be there at that game, and uh, oh, you know who joy. I work with. Yeah, you know yeah. who I work with. I won't, I, I won't use their name, but who yeah. I work with has a nice suite that I get to go, and me and Melissa are going to oh. go and be in the suite for the game tonight. So great. There's some good well, vibes. Well, I look for a win, and that, that, club, that club, boy, they talk about the, the, the pendulum swing, right? Yeah, lots of reason for optimism with that ball club. You know, last night they played very well in a game they easily could have lost. Right, they had a big lead. They gave up the big lead. Which, let's be honest, you'd expect Cleveland is a is a, a, a candidate for a top four spot in the East. You'd expect them to come back against Indiana, and they did. So that's not shocking. Uh, but Indiana able to hold on late. Halliburton. Oh, and I don't know who was dressed up as Miles Turner last night. I say in jest because he's had a very good season, and I don't mean to be snarky. 
because he's had a very good year. But, uh, that Miles Turner is an all-star. I don't know if that's something that can be consistent every night because that was that was whoa. I mean, that's all-star well, version of Miles Turner, and it was good. It was Halloween uh, this they, week. They, maybe maybe it, maybe it was someone well, dressed up as Miles. <laughs> <over costumes>, but <laughs> it was. I mean, I was excited watching that ball that ball club last night. They were very good, and uh, I look for them to win tonight and, and maybe get on a little roll here with some of these games at home. Well, absolutely. I mean, you look at the game in Boston. I mean, they were like, what in the world happened there? So, uh, and, you well, know, I, perfect I, think storm. I think perfect storm, yeah. right. You know, perfect so. storm a little bit, to be honest, if I can just, I have my quick explanation for that. I think of course you're, sure. you're missing a starter, uh, missing a starter there, missing, um, your, one of your top reserves and Jalen Smith, who's just had a great summer and obviously good start of the year here so far. But the other thing too, is you have a team that it's kind of heard, Oh, you think you can hang, huh? You can't. <laughs> and, and I think that was a little bit of both, you know, um, yeah. Without without Halliburton, they're very different. They're a very different team. That was still even with Halliburton, probably going to be a, a fifteen to twenty point loss. And without Halliburton and the ball not going to the basket, uh, it's a recipe for disaster. Matt Hicks, we appreciate you joining us. Uh, I always say, where can people find your work in masterpieces? But uh, you are you are a free agent, so <laughs> you never say never, right? You never say never. Say asked never. Me a couple days ago, like, hey, what about well? I'll just say, you'll never say never. Not that I'm being coy or anything. Nothing, nothing's at all imminent, but you never know. I, I, hey, that that well, inch may come again one day. Well, we hope so. We hope so. Matt, yeah, we Tom, appreciate you. Shout out to my, Tom, can I give a shout out to my good friend, Jersey Johnny? I just want yeah, everybody to yeah. know and, and give him good thoughts right now. He's dealing with some illness and, uh, yeah. it, you know, we were partners on the radio for so long. And sure. uh, if you, if you're, if you know, John or, um, if you if you remember Jers, um, think good thoughts, and if you're if you're the prayerful folk, uh, send some prayers his way because he's he's good dude, and he can he can use all the all the good thoughts and positive thoughts and prayers he can get. So, um, actually, I couldn't agree I couldn't agree with you more. Funny story about Jersey Johnny has nothing to do with radio, uh, but uh, I was at the zoo one time a few years ago. And uh-huh. he's holding the door open for you go in to see the birds and stuff. He was holding the doors yep. open. <laughs> he, yeah, he, oh, he retired. You know, his, his day job was with, with that was his after he retired from his day job. He he worked in the uh, zoo for a couple of years. He loved it too. He loved it. Yeah, I thought that was just the weirdest thing. And uh, yeah. I was like, <laughs> funny funny seeing you here. I I first met him at the uh, celebrity softball tournament down at Vickery yep. Field. Uh, yeah, four years ago. He was shagging fly balls. Right I remember that. Yeah, yeah. good dude. So uh, I, I assure you, he has our thoughts and prayers, sir. And thank you, Matthew, for yeah, bringing that to you. All right, buddy. Thank you. We'll, we'll talk with you soon. You have a good day. Thanks, Tom. Have a great day. All right. Matt Hicks, longtime ra- local radio guy here in Indianapolis alongside me. And we just wanted to take some time to honor uh, Bobby Knight. Uh, you know, uh, the the coach – that was bigger than life in Indiana and in, in a lot of ways uh, still is. He died Wednesday at the age of 83. Certainly will be remembered as one of the greatest and most influential uh, basketball coaches in history, not only turning Indiana into a perennial powerhouse, uh, but also leading Team USA with a roster that included uh, a young guy that you might know of, Michael Jordan. Uh, to the gold medals in 1984 Summer Olympics. He revolutionized the sport uh, with his, his motion offense that is still in effect today. Uh, with his, uh, He had a very authoritative, no-nonsense 
type of leadership style. We get that. But he also mentored and coached uh, notable to, as, 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 we, as Mike Skoreski and Duke or Coach K. Chris Beard, Mike Woodson, who, who, who coaches IU now. Bill Parcells, who worked as a part-time assistant under Knight at Army in 1960. Uh, but Knight will be remembered most, unfortunately, for some of his temper and bullying and, you know, that sort of stuff. Tactics that maybe ended in his exit from Indiana. But, you know, growing up, tell people you're from Indiana, and the first response was usually like, oh, Bob Knight. Uh, but, uh, you know, he was a man that brought resort results, and uh, you know it was it it was a, the way that he left IU. He didn't he didn't do anything quietly, uh, and I remember that he gave a a, a speech on campus uh, the day after his firing. That day feels like equal parts Woodstock and January sixth. It set the tone for the ugliest divorces in sports history, and that's sad that that he's attached. His legacy is attached to that. But overall, you know, uh, Bob Knight was a great man, a great coach. And this is not the time to talk about all the negativeness. So, you know, we we will leave you today uh, replaying this. And uh, we wish everyone, thank you for joining us. Make sure you follow us on Twitter or X, the X, I guess, at T-Balance on Facebook. Uh, the balance as well. And, uh, you know, we, we say goodbye to Bobby Knight, and he'll be sorely and greatly missed here in Indiana. The first day I walked into the locker room, there was a sign on the wall, Kentucky 92, Indiana 90. And I remember my little talk to them went like this. Winning the Big Ten didn't make any difference. And winning the national championship didn't make any difference. If you will continue to work and follow what we want done, You have the ability to go undefeated. And anything less than that would not be the equivalent of what your capabilities were. And I said, that's all. And we started practice the next day. I think he felt pretty comfortable saying that, but he also put that carrot out there as well. Again, the psychological part of what Coach Knight does is infinitely more important and impactful than just the X and O's. It's about his ability to get you to do some things you don't think you're capable of doing. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.